0: Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of On The Bounce. Uh, Like my other episodes, I know I've always said that I'm excited, but I'm really excited about this episode today. Uh, We have, of course, my awesome co-host, Eric. Thank you so much again for being here with us. I look forward to this episode. And we have Matt. Quick. I know Matt Quick is quickly becoming a name that many of us are becoming familiar and have known to to put that as a resource tool. And uh, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time and being here with us and being part of this episode. Thank you.
1: I love the opportunity, Samir. This is awesome. And Eric. Good to see
0: you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we definitely want to take a few minutes and just talk about our relationship and where, how long, and where we've known each other. So the first time that I met Matt, Matt was when I was in when I was in the army. I can say that now. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in the army and I was stationed at Fort Belvoir, and this uh, so this was probably around. This when you were at Old Guard. 11 or – 10 or 11, I think. Maybe maybe 12. Yeah. So it was around that time frame, and that was the first time that I met you personally, but I have known your name uh, prior, and everybody – you know, Matt Quick is like, oh, have you spoken to Matt Quick? You've spoken to Matt Quick? And I'm like, who is this guy that everybody keeps talking about? And, you know, it's funny. Not much has changed now.
1: (laughs) He's a myth. Don't worry about it. (laughs)
0: So, Eric, you want to go ahead and talk about how long or how long you've known Matt?
2: (laughs) I say I I didn't meet Matt until coming off of the platform as an instructor. He had just moved up to the force com. So just coming back in as being a brigade senior, this whole program that Matt had put together that everybody has been talking about this report card on how how career counselors are going to be evaluated and stuff like that. So, I mean, I jumped on that train and started learning it. And I can tell you, even today, uh, that initiative that you started is has continued to grow. And I use it quite a bit within my command. And we just keep developing it. So, it was, like I said, it, everybody asks the question of, I mean, who's who's Matt Quick? What has he done? Uh, who is this person? And I tell you, I jumped on that train real quick and and learned quite a bit up until the time that uh, that Matt decided to, to retire from the Army and move on. But even still to the day, I reach out to Matt and ask questions on, hey, how's this transition and working and looking at my future retirement plans since I'm the only one on this podcast that's not retired yet.
1: <laughs> one day you will be. <laughs> one day soon. So, hey, Matt, hey, listen, it, I'm glad people use that thing still because I I never liked how we did uh, just mission only. So I, didn't want, I don't want to sidetrack us, Maria. Let's do your thing.
0: <laughs> no, you're fine. I definitely want to give you a platform and uh, introduce yourself and...
1: Okay. Well, I'm Matt Quick, the one you may hear about once in a while. So, listen, I grew up in New York, so I do talk fast. I do get excited. And if I do get excited, I talk faster and a little bit of New York accent comes out of me. So my wife's not here and I am smacking back of the head. So I get sometimes. Listen, I, I wasn't the best kid, so I followed my brother into the Marine Corps way back when. Uh, I decided then after a couple of years, it wasn't really for me because it was too hard. I wanted an easier life. Now, really what it was, I wanted to improve the Army. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Let's take, take this Marine out of the Marine Corps and bring him to the Army to improve the Army. And that's what I've tried, done, I've tried doing. So for 25 years I spent in the military, absolutely loved most of the time. Um, and and Samir, I, th- I think you had my old job at Fort Belvoir, if I was correct. Mm. You, you, may, you may have been 12th Aviation. and That was my first job as a career counselor coming from the Pentagon. Nice. Be a career counselor. So, I spent the last 15 years of my military career working retention, keeping people in. It was easy for me because if you're a people person, you can talk to people. They trust you. It's easy. But when I was getting out, I was like, "What should I do now?" It's only common sense to take to to to, I guess, encourage people to get out. So I helped them stay in, and now I help people get out of the military successfully, and that's what I enjoy doing, and that's. That's my new passion in life. That's who I am now. And that's the Macbook you may see on LinkedIn every once in a while.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely going to jump more into that. But, you know, I I really appreciate the fact that you've always been a visionary and you've always been someone who's helped a lot of people, not only, um, Provide solutions to some of the issues that they've had at a personal level, but also at an organizational level, and that hasn't changed. And I really want to take an opportunity to talk about some of the initiatives that you've done. But before we go there, because I know once we go there, we're we're going to stay there. Um, I definitely want to start off with asking you, what does resilience mean to you?
1: Why is that a hard question? <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I went, so resilience to me was, was a word that the military used and we went through a training one time in the Sergeant's Major Academy, Master Resilience Training. I'm like, what is this thing? But really it's, it's, it's how you overcome things. It's how you get through life. Life is hard. Mm. Listen, life, life can be hard, but it doesn't have to be. Like for, for me personally, like if I see a post that Enrages me. It doesn't happen very often. But if I see that, my thing is I'm not going to engage that. I'm going to scroll on by because I don't need that negativity in my life.
0: Mm.
1: I think resiliency for me is it's overcoming obstacles. You know, I grew up on food stamps. I I was a first generation college student. I had to go to the military to pay for college. I think I think not being a product of your circumstances is what really resilience is. Co- overcoming your challenges in life and, and making the best for yourself, your family. And especially for others.
0: Absolutely. That's really, uh, really all collective uh, great answer. And I love the fact that you've added the different levels, yourself, your family, and for others, because I think that, you know, a lot of times it's easy for individuals to get so caught up in making me better, making me better. And it just stays right there in that bubble. And if to me, if you're not developing others around you, then what good is it? What does it really provide?
1: Listen, if I can, if I can make others better, that's ultimately the less work I have to do. <laughs> so I've got an ulterior motive, right?
0: <laughs> that is awesome. I love that.
2: No, that, and that's a great uh, – that's a, one thing I can say about Matt is uh, when he created, um, he created that report card and, and looking at other aspects of a career counselor – it wasn't just the fact of what is that doing for force Command and it's program, but what is it actually doing for that career counselor? So Matt, you've always been that person of, it's not about me. It's what, what can I do to better, uh, better the environment around you. Um, and, and we saw it in the military and we're seeing it now where it, you're always available to provide that guidance to somebody.
1: Even when I, when I created the, uh, ArmyReanList.com in 2003, my name was never on there. And, and here's, the, here's the truth behind it. I didn't want people to think that some young, dumb staff sergeant created a website um, and it's not like credible. So if I took my name out of it and just focused on the content, that's how it grew. That's why it grew Um, And that's why it remains today. And we just brought on uh, like two more, three more volunteers uh, this past week to help me out. Again, it's less work I have to do. It empowers others and ultimately makes them better and the product better.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a key. uh, That's a big point right there, Matt, is is the fact that, I can tell you from my experience. Uh, I didn't even know you were even tied to that specific program so until worked. until years <laughs> later that I find out. that Wait, wait, Matt Quick created this? Nah, there's no way in the world. And then obviously we see where it's grown to today and how it continues to grow.
1: And what that met- with the metrics, I love, I love challenging norms because the norm to me is is one of the things. Well, we've always done it that way. I don't give. Can we swear here? All right. So I won't swear there. So I, I don't give a, I don't, I don't care. I, w- I want people to get better. and I don't want to do it the way we've always done it because there's always a way to do it better. Even things that I create, I know they're not going to be around for years because somebody else will say, you know what? Good idea. Here's how to make it better. And I'm cool with that. So when it comes to like, um, like, like I had two great, I had, I had three or four great opposite force com, but two of them really stood out. Bill Schaffhauser, phenomenal dude, but of Lizaraga. That, speaking about finding people and, and, and bringing them on your team, I found him through a, a Facebook group. He was putting on good information. I'm like, you know what? I want that guy on my team. So Bill reached out to, to Sonny and said, hey, do you want to come to ForceCom? Sonny's first response was, what's ForceCom? And I love that. He wasn't tainted in any way. And he came to ForceCom and did a phenomenal job. But within one year, within one year, an opportunity came around to HRC. And I said, I said, Jim Bragg, the, 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 uh, our, our Lord and Savior, Jim Bragg, he says, do you know anybody? I'm like, Sonny, he, he's, he's the guy. And then we did a, a, a recommendation letter for him, for, for Sonny to go there. And behind my back, HRC was saying, questioning me, why am I getting rid of Sonny? Do, is there a conflict there? Do I not yeah. like Sonny? So So word got back to me that they were questioning why I was getting rid, well, getting rid of him. So I, I contacted Jim and I'm like, no, I love this guy, but I know he'd be much more valuable at a bigger you know um, HRC level than Forcecom. He's done me a service, done Forcecom a service. Now it's time to do an army of service. So I don't listen I don't hold on the talent. I will, I will I will take I will create talent or find talent mold it into what I need, and push it out. That's how people should do. Don't hold on to your talent, people.
0: Yeah, I think that that is a really good concept because I think that as leaders, we definitely, when we we become selfish, that we find ourselves throughout our careers that we get to a point where we get selfish. We get selfish with information. We get selfish with our personnel. We get selfish with resources that we have. And it's almost like you're dislike allocating it like, okay, I've given you this much. I'm not going to give you that no more. And nobody benefits from that. When you are hoarding information, resources, people, no no one is benefiting from it. All you're doing is just making processes more complicated, difficult, and it's making the next person having to work harder, which is unnecessary. And it's taking away from the overall goal at the end of the day.
1: We, we want to make we want to make leave things better than we had it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, but
1: if but if you if you make it better and hoard the information, the next person's like this is a garbage installation. It, it's not easy. So make make people's lives easier. That's that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about your transition. I know that how many years did you spend in the military?
1: Twenty five years. Four in the Marine Corps. Twenty one in the Army.
0: All right. 25 years collectively. What did you think it was going to look like? What actually happened and where you are now? I know there's a lot in between that.
1: <laughs> For me, one day I woke up and I said, uh, well, my, my wife's father was dying. My brother's son was dying from, from cancer. And I said, one day I woke up, I said, Jen, I think I'm done. She goes, with what? I'm like, with, with the military. And we had a conversation. I was late for work that day, so I went. I went up to see the Forcecom CSM, uh, uh, CSM Grinson. I said, I, "I I'm done with the military. I need to, I need to be out in two months." So wow. it was it was a shocker. So the way the rules are, I need to be in, I need to have six months left, but I only worked for two more months. But and I had um, I had a great supporting cast. Sonny, Bill, uh, Schaffhauser really helped my transition. And, and, and John Cavalier being right there, 18th Airborne Corps, stepping up to take force comm was a relief for me. So my transition was very simple because I didn't have to think about stuff. I found a mentor. I followed the instructions. I reacted to all the situations. And years before, I was paying off debt, so I was debt free. I had nothing to worry about. I had a military retirement. I got some kind of disability. I had nothing to worry about at all. Uh, and we, we were we were set for life, for me I thought. So when I when I actually transitioned, uh, and I went to a LinkedIn workshop with Mike Quinn, I really I really thought, my goodness, this is where it's at. This is how I can find my passion now is help people transition. For me, it was easy. I don't discount anyone else's pain and suffering as a transition because it is anxiety-ridden, military transition. Mine was easy, but I want to make sure others felt a little bit easier. If I if I can lessen some burden on others, I'll do that. That's why I share my experiences. We have Finance Friday, but I share my experiences to have people understand that expectations are only what people came before you said it was. So that's why I try to lessen that burden. So now, now I worked with higher military for two and a half years, and now I work, now I'm building another program for digital networking. So, and believe me, building programs is not easy. It takes a special kind of person. And it, this is my second one doing this. This is difficult, but here's the thing. I know it's absolutely worth it and it will be worth it for so many people. So, so when, when, when you're ready, Samir and Eric, you'll go through the DNPP course too. We'll get you in there. So you can see how it is as well and, and really tell more people about it because it, it's. The network is truly your net worth when you transition from the military.
0: Absolutely agree, and there was uh, a phrase that you hit on, and I really want to drive the the conversation that direction. Let's talk about expectation management. And not necessarily just focusing on the military aspect of it. I know that's a huge part, especially for my audience, is mostly military. But I think that um, it is easy to create a false facade on who we think we are, what we what we think we are capable of doing, what we think we're worth, until reality steps in and gives us that humble. Check. And it's easy because I know that for years, especially individuals that have been in positions for an extremely long uh, time, comfort skews your reality. Confidence, your confidence in your ability to do that particular job, skews your ability outside of what you do. So let's just talk about all that for a second.
1: Expectation. Listen, um, being in the military, shelters you Mm. you're a shelter from reality you don't have to until you worry about revenue and and a spend plan and expectations and and how to create resources for others to join your team the military the the military is funded by taxpayer dollars so there's no that you don't have to create or, or or bring in sales or bring in revenue that is different on the outside so when you transition and and you think you can move from let's just say e e eight or e nine to be like a COO of a company? You've got some things to learn. It is not easy right now. So when I when I transitioned, I became a director of. Um, actually, it, it was my third step was a director, and and the learning curve was tremendous. And I just took over director of operations for DNPP, and. The expectations from my new boss was, this is what we want you to do, and I'm like, I have no idea what the heck all this is. So I said, I said, listen, I'm I'm taking the job because I, I want it, but can can I get some like leeway? She goes, I will teach you all the stuff. Just follow through, follow up, and you'll be fine. And she was right. She laid it out for me, and now I'm taking control of this, of this institution, this, this little ecosystem of, of, of higher militaries to, know, to NOVA, and, and really running with it. But a director of operations, a VP, a president, there is so much we have to do. And, and when it comes to expectations, I, I, I don't like – you know military is, is what we've done. But when you transition, thank you for your service. That's really about all you, you're going to get. No one ca- 99% of the population of America did, did not serve, so don't think that they're going to know what you meant by being a career counselor or you were or infantry or you have, I don't know, little PTSD. No one understands what that means, and when you throw that out there, like I'm a disabled veteran and no one's hiring me, lead with your skills. What do you actually do? We had a conversation. Well, yes, this, uh, I was to give us a message yesterday, a, a person was speaking bad about a big company on LinkedIn, and they said, I'm going to tell a veteran, and they're not going to help me out. But your whole profile is about your disability. I get it, diversity, inclusion, belong, I get that. But what kind of value do you bring to an organization? Not disability. You, you get paid for that. So, so manage expectations and don't let – listen, people succeed all the time with the military. Don't let naysayers say you can't succeed. A CSM or E9 or a 06, they can all be whatever they want to be. Just find the mentor first to explain it to you. I w- I had mentorship. That's what saved my butt. Those that don't have it, they're in for a rude awakening.
2: Now, Matt, you, you brought up a good point there. It's just something that we we consistently hear. And I know you, you heard it throughout your military career as well. It's everybody that's, serves is kind of the expectation is, well, I've served, I'm going to get a little bit better treatment. A- as I transition back to the civilian workforce to only find out, you run into that wall and say, uh, your military service means nothing other than just that phrase. Thank you for ser- thank you for your service. Now, what do you offer to me? Uh, your service doesn't have much to do with it. Now, some of the skills and stuff that we learned, we can carry over only if we can articulate it Uh, appropriately to where the civilian workforce understands exactly what we're doing. And that was something that uh, I can say, personally, I learned from you as well as as I was working through that LinkedIn piece of it. How do you explain what we do and how does that market to the civilian workforce? So they look at this title and that title now refers to something that they understand. So that expectation management is definitely a, a big piece that the tap program does a decent job. Twenty-four months out, if you utilize it, uh, there's been talk about pushing it a little bit further. But finding that mentor to help you be able to do that transition further out—I know we've had conversations. I mean, I'm not retiring for another three to five years, but still looking three Same. to five years out. And what does it? What does it look like? How do we get there? Uh, that's a good. That's a good piece to to really. For the listeners to, to think about the military side of it is how do we articulate what we do to the civilian workforce so they understand that language.
1: And, and when it comes to um, when it comes to, you know, tailoring your resume or or um, changing the terminology of a military career, get your certifications. If you want HR, get your SPHR, your SHRM, get Agile, get Scrum, Lean Six Sigma. You know, product owners, there's so many out there. Get a certification because that's your new rank. That's what it is. That's, that's what people understand is, oh, you're certified as a Scrum Master. If you're a CSM, not a Command Sergeant Major, but a certified Scrum Master, they, they bring value to companies. And when and, – and Eric, and we're career counselors. You know, I, I love being a career counselor. I love the family atmosphere. Honestly, it wasn't like that. It's not like that. It's not really a family. We talk about each other so bad. Two years after retire, I still I am still talked bad about in some circles. And I'm cool with that because again, resiliency, right? It doesn't bother me. Jealousy doesn't bother me. But when it comes to being a career counselor in the military, in in the in the in the army, because Navy has career counselors too. Career counselors in the army are only about 8% of the AG field, adjutant general field. Or HR community. In the outside, retention is so little, no one focuses on retention because they're focused on recruiting, just like the Army. USAREC is a huge recruiting command, whereas there's no recruiting, there's no retention command. Same thing in the outside. Don't think because you're a career counselor, you can just come out here and be a career counselor. The jobs don't exist. And if they do exist, you're looking at about $42,000 a year with a master's degree to be a career counselor. I know you want $100,000 jobs. I know you want that. <laughs> but when it comes to so if you're retiring and you have a disability, you're probably, if you get 100%, you're, you're going to bring home more than you brought home right now in the military. So that $100,000 job a year job you want, you don't actually need. You can get a $50,000. My first two years out of the military, I made about forty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars in two years. It's not because I, I wasn't good enough. Um, I applied for jobs, but I focused on the transition of of others. I I'm a part owner of higher Military, so that incurred that enticed me to to do more, and I did that. But when it comes to pay, again, expectation management. If you're really looking at if you're listening to this, do yourself a favor, find the job that you have right now at, let's say career counselor, put it into the LinkedIn jobs platform, Mm -hmm. put in career counselor and then put in like, I don't know, Colleen, Texas. You're about to be your, your bubble is about to be burst because (laughs) first of all, they don't exist. And if they do exist $42,000 a year. So brand yourself in a way like, like Samira, you're doing a great job at what you're doing right now is with a podcaster Eric, you can be an HR director if you want to. Whatever you want to do, just focus on that as you transition way before you need to and then network with the right people and the right organizations for mentorship. It's not that hard, but it, it, you, it, it will take work.
0: You know, it. I also want to talk about networking because now that I'm Love out that. Yeah, right? <laughs> now that I'm out of the military, right? I I have an appreciation for the value of networking. In the military or even not just necessarily in the military, if you are if you are in a specific industry and this is the industry that you've been majority of your career, then your network is pretty much within that industry. And although there is some value to that, especially if you choose to stick within that industry, um, but it's not going to provide you the the value when you're when you're trying to branch out, when you're trying to do a transition when you're trying to move out from a different from different circles of networking and when so when when I, when i heard networking first i'm like yeah i know people i got so many facebook so many friends on my facebook what are you talking about you know but now it is what is what is that relationship that you do for your network and your network does for you and how does it ben- how does it benefit how does that relationship blossom and how does it grow and now i understand that a lot different
1: <laughs> i think about 90% of my connections maybe more 90% really don't interact, mm-hmm. and and they're missing out on a great opportunity. Today, I posted about uh, Desiree Rincon. She's a veteran, and we had a conversation yesterday, a great conversation, human to human. We don't agree on politics, but I, to- I definitely saw her side because she's a first-generation American. So I saw her side. I-, I I did a spotlight for her today because I use my network for good. So I, I-, I posted – Every day on LinkedIn, it is it is tough. It is not easy doing that to create the content every day. But when people engage and react, and, and I know people are, are reading it and viewing it and, and using it, I know it's worth my while. And that's what today's post. She may get a job out of this. She may grow a network, network by twenty people. Whatever it is for her, whatever her success looks like, she'll get it from, from today's post. So when you network with people, when you reach out to people. Get out of your comfort zone. Sure, you can connect with your friends, your family, your coworkers, but when it's really difficult is to reach out to a director of HR, a CEO of a company, small company, medium-sized company, they're going to they're gonna reach out to you. Never ask, hey, here's my resume, can you take, take a look? No, don't ask for anything. If you ask for anything, it's like, this is, this is a transaction. Just say, "Hey, I'm Matt. I'm I'm leaving the military. I'm thinking about a career as a director or a HR manager somewhere. Maybe in the company you're at. How did you get to where you're at? Do you have five minutes to talk? That kind of stuff. That way, and never focus on those that don't respond back to you. Focus on those that respond back to you and build those relationships. That's how you can. That's how your your network actually grows. And one day, as you post content, video." You know, words, whatever you want to do, pictures, show them who you are. That's like a pre-interview because sometimes your resume it can't like show your 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 characteristics, your your sense of humor. It can't do that. You can do that through podcasts. You can do that through videos on LinkedIn. Words, pictures, show people who you are. I did a post the other day about I went to Chicago Cubs, Cubs game. And I was chastised for putting ketchup on my hot dog. I saw that. <laughs> 80,000 views later. And this afternoon for lunch, I, I bought a pack of hot. I don't eat hot dogs that often. I'm in the ballpark. I bought a pack of hot dogs uh, yesterday. I'm going to try a hot dog today with mayonnaise on there. It grosses me out. But I'm going to share that on LinkedIn. I want people to say, listen, I'm going to try this. I'm not going to like it. And I might even try, I might even try a hot dog with sour cream on it, which is what people in Seattle do. But this is what you show people on LinkedIn. You're like, well, people are like, oh, it's not professional. It's who I am though. And they, they love it. I mean, it's just fun. Just have, show who you are through your content.
0: You know, and I really appreciate that because I think that it is easy for us to, um, the, the other day I, I did a post on, um, on labels. Right. And it is easy to start to be hide behind labels, uh, whether it's your position, whether it's your authority, whether. Right. Right. right? Exactly. So and then after a while you start to there's there's a a subconscious disconnect between who you are, who you are personally and professionally. So when you're going through a transition, right, those worlds are going to collide. And there's going to be that void as to who, how do you bring and how do you mesh that those two worlds together and start to reintroduce yourself, especially when we're talking about transitioning after 20 plus years in the military. What does that look like now? How are you able to take what you've done in this industry, in this in, in, in this company or in this job for these, this many years and to speak to someone who has absolutely no idea what you do, how you do it or why you do it and to make it relevant.
1: Here's, here, here's how I do it. Get over yourself. If, if you, if you're, if you're, if you need, listen, I love promotions. I love getting promoted. Um, and when I made start major, I was like, wow, this is the best thing ever. I never needed my rank though. When I walked into a room, people that didn't know me like, Oh, it's major. He must know. He must know what he's talking about. Sure. I knew what I was talking about for the most time. If not, I had a great ops team. So I don't, I didn't even need my rank. So when I left the military again, I didn't need my rank. It's who I am. It's my personality. It's, it's being able to give to others. I'm not a taker. I will, I will take, you know, Every now and then, but it's because I've I've given so much. So when I absolutely need something, I will ask people. But get over yourself. Get over your ego. Lose the rank, and just be a human. Just just be a human. And and that's that's some of the best advice I got. Find a mentor, and it says get over yourself.
2: No, that's a, that's a great point, Matt. Because um, we we hang our hats on what we do. And pride ourselves on what we do. But there are t- I tell you, for personally, for myself, that was one of the hardest transitions I had coming out of the Sergeant Majors Academy and uh, coming into the seat of learning how to sit back and trust the process and trust the people that are working with you and working for you. Uh, I like to use working with you because I don't think anybody works for me because at that point, uh, they're just a, a person. We work for there. them. Exactly. It's our job to work for them. And and I think that it it took some some time for me to learn that, uh, to learn how how does this transition work? To go from being that person that's used to running everything by myself to now empowering others to be able to to move forward. Uh, Me and Samara were just having that conversation uh, earlier before we came on the podcast about taking this new ACFT. I mean, I do. I really need to uh, to to score as high as I did on that test. No, I don't, because I'm not going to move up any further. But it's the people around you watching what you're doing, and you're trying to influence those individuals to to continue moving. To, somebody's got to take our job, and that's and that's the thing that I think we do well. But how does that translate to the civilian workforce? And coming out, and you're at the top of the pinnacle of your your career field within the military, but then you transition to the civilian workforce and you're this middle manager. You're back to being a worker bee again. And it's it, working through that struggle of, okay, I'm not the the cream of the crop anymore. I've got to build that reputation, build that network uh, to go forward. And I like how you, you talk about the social media piece because separating your prof- personal and professional pages that doesn't exist. Uh, corporations, what are they using? They're using social media to find out who you are, regardless if it's your personal page or if it's a professional page that you might be running. And at the end of the day, you can't use that comment of, well, that's my personal page. I can say whatever I want on my personal page, but I, I can't say it over here on my professional But That doesn't exist. It, it exists in the military. You can kind of separate it that way. Civilian workforce, it don't work
1: that way. And you mentioned earlier about trusting the process, trusting people. Again, that comes back to if you develop them correctly, retrain them, you trust them, empower them. It's less work you have to do.
0: <laughs> Very true. I agree, and I and I love I love the just a simple concept of just it benefits everybody. <laughs> it benefits everybody in different ways. And that's the way that I feel like when I think about leadership, when I think about development, that not everybody's going to benefit from a relationship in the same way. There's always different, there's different um, aspects of it. And so when I think about, when I think about uh, just this expectation management and think about the transition, one of the areas that I definitely would like to, um, to highlight, and you said it so well, and I'm going to start, just get over yourself, are l- leaders who are so stuck in their ways of how they are doing things and not looking not looking at tomorrow not looking at not not looking at the 500 meter target or or further out and just focusing on how i continue to influence today what are you doing to influence tomorrow and what impacts and change you're doing for yourself and you're doing for others how are you developing your your employees your soldiers your your airmen's your marines all what how are you, what are you doing to develop them today so they can be successful for tomorrow. And unfortunately, there are quite a bit of leaders, leaders that cannot answer that question because they're focused on just the now. What are we doing right now?
1: And that comes back to the career counselor with a mission. Mission is so important, but but what happens when you make mission and the next year starts, or next quarter starts? Hero is zero. For me, e- even the military transition, I tell people, you know, to get a DOD skill bridge opportunity, internship, well, I can't leave for four months because the command needs me. Everybody eventually transitions. Here's how you get over that. Build your bench. When you go to a school or you go on leave and God forbid, if you you get struck by a car and you die, what happens? You're replaced immediately. The job keeps going on. So those that Choose not to let go because they can let go. If, if especially if you're if you're a CSM or a senior EA or whatever, you you can let go. Most choose not to because it's a fear. It's a fear of of, of letting go, and your identity has been built for years. This is why I I, I encourage before the pandemic, I encourage everyone to get out. I loved it because here's how you succeed, and I, I didn't go against retention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll tell you. The Army retention program would be successful if the reserve component, no, if the active component worked better with the reserve component, mm. did more training together, and then they give more, more people opportunities to, to see what's available on the outside. And when they say, you know what, it's, it's tougher than I thought, they will stay in for a couple more years until they figure it out. The more you work with people like partnerships, you know, competition is really mostly in your head. Unless you're Elon Musk and you're you're Jeff Bezos, competition's in your head. For the rest of us, partnerships, these discussions right here will help more people realize there's 240,000 people that transition from the military every year. The TAP program is a great resource. They all are. But they can't handle that many people. This is why mentorship, networking, RBOP, DMPP, this is why you all exist, hire military. This is why we all exist to help out. They're third party people. I get that, but they're they're not here to, to make millions of dollars. They have to be paid for the services because it, it's a lifestyle. You have to build a company. Somebody pays for that. We try to we not we try to uh, to like charge service members. We try to avoid that because they've already paid a price in the military. But somehow someone invests in something. But networking and, and mentorship, just let go of your ego. Listen to people that have been there before. And you're a, a career transition could be so much easier mm-hmm. if you if you would listen. It's like kids. My kids in college right now, fifth year of a four-year degree. Because you won't listen. <laughs> Not even to me. Find Find a school guidance counselor and listen to them. You know, if if you don't want, if you want to be a kid all your life, be a kid, but just listen to people. We, we truly care about your successes. We truly do. I get nothing. I get nothing from someone else succeeding, but I get to, I get to work less. I like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because I think that when you, when you say it, it sounds so easy. When you say, listen, find a mentor. Those are, those are just foundational concepts. But I tell you what, it is a mindset that you have to get over to put yourself out there to become vulnerable, to say, you know what, I, I peaked at this point in my career. Now I have to recognize that I'm going back in the pool and I now have to navigate my way and to decide what direction do I want to go now? What do I want that to look like? And how do I get there? So when we talk about mentorship, right, who are those people to help you get to that goal? And sometimes that goal may be different. It may change. It may shift. It's okay to have multiple fires cooking. I think COVID has is is been a testament to many that what we thought was safe, what we thought that you had in the bag, is no longer the case. Everything is now changed, and the rules are now different. So have those have those mentors, but don't just stay, don't stay within your network, don't stay within the people that you're comfortable with. Find those people who challenge you, find those people who push you, find those people who make you, you know, when you get off the phone, be like, damn, that was rough. Like it's okay to have those people in your corner.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't need a cheering section. Yes, <laughs> that's your that's your family. For me, I you know when I was getting out, my mentor said, "Get a mentor through American Corporate Partners (ACP)." Because when when you do that, ACP is a great uh, organization founded by a marine, which is a good thing. So they they found an organization that that matches you with mentors that you want. So for me, I said, "This is what I want. I don't want someone t- that looks like me." acts like me or the same background. So I got a mentor that was, which was a, um, I asked for no one in the military, but he served as in the reserves. It's kind of military, just kidding. (laughs) But I got got a mentor that was a Lieutenant Colonel in the Air Force Reserve. Um, he He was a black guy, not like me at all. And he challenged me. We talked once a month. And after that phone call, I'm like, this guy gave me homework, and I didn't like it. But I I did the homework. I did the assignments. I reached out to different people, and he, he, this is the growth mindset. He got me out of my comfort zone and got me talking to more people, people I had no idea would even talk to me. But it was my approach. when When I sent a connection request, for instance, they didn't respond right away. But they start seeing my my comments, my my content. Okay, Matt, Matt seems like he needs some help. Whatever, whatever works, right? But they reached back out to me. We had conversations, and I was turned down for a lot of jobs because I would apply for jobs I didn't even, I didn't even qualify for. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I could be a director of HR. I did HR in the military. No, I did retention in the military. I got into the AG field because I want to network with those great professionals. But when it, and the guy's like, well, how are you just right here? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He goes, you're not ready for this. <laughs> and they, they were blunt with me. I'm like, it didn't hurt my feelings because I just wasn't ready. And that's the conversations you have to have with people that they're going to be real with you. People want honesty until they hear honesty. And that's some brutal stuff sometimes.
2: <laughs> no, and I think I think that's a that's a key piece right there, Matt, is the fact that, Find mentors, but finding those mentors that don't think exactly like you do, because if you find that mentor that thinks exactly like you, you're not going to see those different perspectives. You're not going to get that uh, that real true and raw response that you need as you're working through these processes, because it's a uh, that was one of the biggest eye openers for me was listening to my peers and how my peers are working through their processes They're like, wait a minute. I don't think that way, but you know what, what you're talking about actually works. And I never thought to look at it in that, in that perspective. So adapting to it. So kind of going back to, uh, to what you had done when you first got to, got the force Com, it wasn't across, uh, across no. the field. like to no. cross, like, why, why are we doing this? Hating. Yeah. Why, why are we doing this? But you, but It was one of those like, okay, well, shoot, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to mess with it and see if it works. And it actually has helped over time. Sometimes that negative, what you think is negative, is actually not a negative. It's just your way of thinking about it. But when you really peel the onion back and take a look at it, you realize that this actually makes sense. But that's that transition piece of you've got to be open to everything. And like Samara said a few minutes ago, you got to be vulnerable at times to be able to receive that negative uh, response that you're not ready for that will slap you in the face and like, well, wait a minute. Okay, what am I doing now? How do I get
1: around this? Even in force calm, that program was implemented. People don't know that I was working on that since the old guard. I, I, I failed mission a lot because I cared more about people than numbers. So I, I developed it in the old guard, and then I, I tested it out. When I got to the academy, it Was uh, I couldn't do anything. I still work with Pat Hickok. So he gave me access while I was in the military, while I was in the uh, academy. I had retained access. I went to him for, uh, for updates. It was good. I got to the uh, 10th Mountain Division of Vision, of Glory. I got up there, and that's when I started really implementing it. And the team was like, what are you doing? And I And I learned how to explain it. Or to sell it to pay, to people because they were so mission focused, not just on the number, not on the overall holistic approach. But when I got to Forcecom, I did fail miserably to explain it properly. I, I failed. I was so excited to get it out there and and, and do that. And if, if it's still around today, I hope it's still around, and I hope it's improved. I hope whoever's there now takes credit for it. Because I know it was needed, um, but I think I didn't sell it the right way to, to a, a bigger audience. Uh, they think it came down from a like, like push down. No, I, I I had town halls. I developed this for about a year, and then I pushed it out. So I could do a better job with that, with that. I do want to tell a story about transition real fast. A good friend of mine, a career counselor, you'll know him. I won't say their name. They got a great job with an enormous company, and they their starting salary is about 150 a year. With bonuses, it's like 180 thousand dollars a year. I help this person transition. I help a person get to where they're at, and when when people know what I did for the person, they're like, "But you're not making that kind of money." My thing was, I don't care about that. Again, it's about other people's successes. And this person, now I'll reach out to this person and say, hey, could you help this person now get in contact with the right people? So it's about putting people in places that you can always network with, grow your own network. Like like I'm a football fan, I'm a big Giants fan. So they always talk about the Bill Parcells uh, coaching tree. Look at Bill Parcells coaching tree. He's got like, uh, who's the guy from New England? You probably know. America, I'm not sure. The guy, the coach, name of New England, probably best coach ever.
2: <laughs> you talk about Bill Belichick. You know, yeah,
1: he's part of the coaching tree. You know, so so this huge coaching tree. He developed them over time, and I like to think that I have those people in the military now and outside the military. That is networking. I'm not some grand Pooba grand godfather of whatever it is. I'm just a guy that helped people along the way. That can always reach out to them because I'm respected because I took years, years to earn trust. Once you earn the trust, unless you break it, if you earn the trust, it's there for a long time. Don't do anyone dirty though. Get over yourselves.
0: I love that, and you know, and it's it is really important that through transitions, regardless of. Uh, regardless of whatever phase you are, whether you're transitioning from a single person to a parent, whether you're transitioning from one career to another career, right? There's that moment of being humble and recognizing, okay, you know what? Um, I went full steam ahead with this idea and this was my vision. And I could do it better. There is there there is ways that you can massage something later on so that it's more effective later. The deliverance of something to be to, later, and I really appreciate the fact that you recognize that although you had this vision and you saw the purpose and you saw the the benefit to it, is that you recognize that you know what I I I could have I could have presented it in a different way that it would be received better. And you use that concept to continue to develop who you are now and who, and how you apply it to what you do now. Sometimes it's not our vision that's going to make us successful, but it's the way that we're able to implement it where it's received to the people that need to, it to be received.
1: If I could go back and do it, I would have rolled it out a little slower. Mm. I would have rolled it out a little bit at a time, but I was so excited about it. And I knew my time was limited. I had three years. That's all. It's, it's like, I'm not, I'm not a president. Like a president <laughs> has four years to make an impact. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I had three, in my head, I had three years. I actually only had like two years, so I, don't know what I think it was. But I had that time. I had to use it wisely. But I will, you know, I, I don't blame others, but I will blame Bill Schaffhauser for not rolling out right. I'll, I'll place all them on him. He, it was his fault. It was my vision, his fault.
0: <laughs> it, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> It wasn't your fault, Bill. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, I, I really appreciate that. I, I really do because I think that um, the leadership is is fluid. It changes. It evolves. It's up. It's down. It's pretty. It's ugly. It sucks. Like there's so many phases of it. And it really is the person. It's it's really who you are, how you take all of it, the good, the bad, how you package it, and how you continue to have it evolve and continue to grow through the process. And I think that if you are not able at times to literally stop Just take a quick trailer reflection of what you've done in your previous, in in your life and just say, okay, you know what, that worked, that didn't work and how to continue to transition it, then you're not going to, you're not going to be effective. You're not going to be effective down the road and people need to recognize that. And it's all part of that whole expectation management as you're, you're moving throughout phases. You
1: mentioned being a parent. That's that's probably the, big, the biggest shocker that I had. You know, I was I wasn't the best kid. <laughs> I wasn't the best like twenty year old. But when I become a parent, that instantly changes you. It does, and so is military transition or any career transition, even coming from college to a career. Mm-hmm. That transition is tough for some people. Um, so a- again, just find the right people. Get engaged. I I'm a big proponent of LinkedIn. It's it's helped me tremendously. It's helped others tremendously. Get on LinkedIn, find the network, create the network, find the mentors, and you'll your any career success is is manageable if you see what you want to do, your vision, and you go after it. Mm. Entrepreneurship is not easy and it's not for everybody, but when it's when it's done right, it's well worth it though.
0: Let's take a moment and talk about you as your role as the director of operations at DNPP. And what does that look like? What services you provide? Um, How can people get into it? I know that you constantly post it on LinkedIn, Um, but you know, every, every day people find information in different places.
1: So really um, Michael Quinn has been teaching this for, for years now. and And we, we, we got it to a place where it's a certification now. We actually certify people in digital networking, which is, it's you know the pandemic laid bare to the the new the networking as you know it is gone for at least the next few years. There are the only big conferences and networking, and even those were tough because if you're an introvert, you're not going to go out there and, and and ask questions to a big group of people. It's impossible. You know your anxiety flares up. You're like, I can't do this. I'm going to whatever. Digital networking is where it's at. We show you how to create a professional profile. We, we, we show you how to uh, build a, a, a digital network. We show you how to engage that. So you can have a network. You can ha- you can, let's just say you're standing in, in the middle of Giant Stadium and people all around you. Let's say you're Billy Joel. You're out there and you're just sitting there on the, uh, on the, uh, the platform. What do you talk about? Billy Joel sings songs, so people, people listen to that. But what are you saying to your network? You may have 40,000 followers or connections, but what are you saying? If you're not saying anything, that says a lot. But we teach you how to engage with content, how to engage just not with not posting your own stuff. And, and again, engaging in content or creating content is not difficult. It's really sharing experiences sharing what you've learned over your, your 25 years or your 30 years, or your 10 years of, of, of whatever you did, share that experiences, share how you overcome things. And then the last module, what's the four module process. The last module, we teach you the, the LinkedIn jobs platform, resume builder, um, the interview prep tool, which is not widely used, but it's, it will allow you to record videos, send it to your, your first connections to get feedback. It also Allows you to provide, give it to LinkedIn their AI for feedback. So me again, I talk fast. I don't say a lot of ums, but I do talk fast. So one of the feedback from LinkedIn was your your speech pattern is too fast. Slow it down. I'm like, I know that already. I don't need that negativity in my life. Again, resilience, right? So I didn't agree with AI, but but in true, it's true though. But it gives you the feedback. So we teach you from from not knowing linkedin how to be a professional on linkedin and here's a good thing once you learn that once you're certified in being a professional there's an opportunity to be a coach so we're we're growing coaches probably one a month right now and then they can either coach with us as affiliate coaches or they can do their own thing have their own business and coach linkedin and a few people that i know are getting $250 per linkedin profile views or or previews it's it's a tremendous opportunity to make an impact to get um some security in your life be an entrepreneur so the digital network and professional program dnpp for short because that's a mouthful i say dnpp <laughs> is a great opportunity to to learn linkedin to really be the professional on linkedin and we don't tell you to say off facebook twitter tiktok no, we, we encourage that. Just be professionals, you know, personal professionals like me, like eating a hot dog today or lunch, <laughs> with, with mayonnaise. That's what I'm gonna do.
0: Very nice. Uh, thank you very much for sharing. So, what how can individuals, what are the financial resources that are available with this?
1: And this is one of the good things about being a director of operations. I'm learning things every day. So the army, the army in, in all of its wisdom was the first one to approve. The certified digital networking professional program for credential consistent CA. We thought it would be the last ones, but they were the first ones. Now we're, we're approved by the DOD, um, DOD cool, which will, which will funnel into the Navy, Air Force, Space Force, Marine Corps, not so much yet. It's a work in progress. Um, I understand Marines, I, I am a Marine, but we understand the process. But we're working with my CAA. We're working with all the state workforce commissions. We're working with community colleges. We want this to be in in, 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 in curriculum soon because when people transition from from community colleges to their careers or bigger colleges, networking plays a part. So we're trying to get it into those opportunities. So for right now, you can self-fund or employers are paying for this opportunity as a a retention incentive to, to stay with the company. Because we know brands are built on the backs of others. So if others speak positively about your brand, it's going to grow faster. So companies are paying for the people to go through this program. They speak about the program, the companies, everyone grows together. So if you're in the, if you're in the Army, Reserve, National Guard, or active component, CA pays for the program. Enroll today at digitalnetworkingprofessional.com. It's a mouthful again. I'll provide the link on LinkedIn. We'll give it out here, make it easier for you, but, but give it a shot. You get $4,000 a year for CA don't waste it, mm-hmm. invest it in this RVOP. There's so many ones you can invest it in, invest it in something.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And I appreciate that. Um, and don't wait I think that people get so caught up in, oh, I'll wait till I start to transition or I wait till I get closer to my, when I'm going to get out. No, do it today. Grow, grow those skills, become that, become the coach, develop, grow, work on getting those next steps in order to, to build your brand. As you said,
1: you can get the, you can get the certification right now, four years out, five years out. I wasted $45,000 in my last 10 years of military service. I didn't use TA or CA. I mm-hmm. wasted $45,000. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> I agree. I absolutely agree. Thank you. I know I'm going to give Eric the uh, the floor to uh, before we close out, and then I'm going to have one more question for you, Matt.
1: Uh-oh, hope it's, hope it's easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate everything, Matt. Uh, definitely uh, looking into that uh, that program to, to see how it works. Because, I mean, that's where everything's going. Yeah, everything's on the digital platform. Uh, social media has become a, a huge platform for so many different things. Um, and it's definitely something that uh, you bring up a great point. Uh, if you're not utilizing that money, then shame on you. Yeah, it, that's free money for you to be able to utilize uh, to get stuff out of it. I I've used every bit of it from a associate's degree, all the way up to my master's degree, straight paid by the army. It Did not come out of my pocket. So no, that's a that's a great point, and and I really look forward to to see and hopefully we'll bring you back in the in the future to see exactly where the program is, uh, how is it working. I know conversations that we've had in the fact that you did you talked about. You thought it was going to be something that was going to take off at a slow pace, and then all of a sudden, boom! It it took off extremely fast, and you (laughs) could wear me out. (laughs) Yeah, you couldn't keep up with the with the demand. But that's that's what happens with entrepreneurship is is you have this vision, you think it's going to take a little bit of time. Next thing you know, it is expanding quickly. And, well, wait a minute, I was not ready for this and how am I <laughs> going to handle it? So we talk about that resiliency faster. You got to have a little bit of resilience to be able to work <laughs> Again, that Expectation. I was down here. It was way up here, though. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, I really I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time to, to sit down and talk with us. Uh, I really look forward to, to watching how this program grows and uh, definitely seeing how this can uh, continue to help us. As we move forward, not just military, but also on the civilian side of it, as you said, it's expanding in in all different arenas. And hopefully uh, uh, the listeners will pick up on this and definitely look into it.
0: I know they will. Awesome. All right. So my last question, Matt, is that if. If there was one thing that you wish you knew before you started your journey or your career, what would that thing be? What is it you wish you knew, and what advice would you give to people today?
1: I would have networked sooner and I would have paid off my debt faster. Mm. Those two things that relieved so much stress and anxiety from my personal career transition. It allowed me to do what I wanted to do, not what I needed to do. Mm. So I didn't need to find a job, I had opportunities. I passed by opportunity because I wasn't, I didn't need to work. And having, and when I say no debt, it's no bad debt. House payment is fine. My house now is paid for my, by my military retirement. I have, I have nothing to worry about. Um, I don't have to work. I enjoy working. So, networking with people outside of your circle and paying down that debt, um, those are the two things that really allowed me to do things that I wanted to do. For instance, going with my wife every other month to baseball stadiums. We're on a 30 baseball uh, park tour. That's fun. I, I enjoy doing that. So, I can do this because again, I had no debt. I pay, Now, I had debt as a up until I was like E7, but I paid it down and I had when I got to my um 10th Mountain Division in 2013 or 14, I paid it all off. I was just done with it. And it really it opened up so many opportunities for me, and that was probably the biggest thing that that I can tell anybody is is to pay off your debt and network outside of your comfort zone.
0: I love that. It's relevant. It will always be relevant. It's one of those evergreen tips that you will that you will have. Take those efforts. You know, make the commitment today to order in order to have that flexibility as to what you want tomorrow to look like. Absolutely. I love it, Matt. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I enjoyed this. I look forward to listening to it all over again. And I look forward to the growth and even just continue following you on um, on social media platform. I know you and I, we have talked multiple times and uh, just the mentorship that you continue to grow, that you continue to provide at your, how much it's growing the ne- the mentorship that you provide it's it's invaluable, and I appreciate everything that you do for all the communities that you service. Thank you so much, Matt.
1: And on new job too. It's awesome.
0: Thank you. <laughs> As always. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and listening to On The Bounce. If you would like to read more on the topics discussed in today's episode, I have included the links to the research I have referenced in the episode description. Please feel free to share your thoughts and leave a comment. And as always, see you next time.